a high-level government delegation will depart from South Africa today for Tanzania to bring back rapist and murderer Tabo Besta, his girlfriend, Dr. Nandipa Makudumana, and a Mozambican national who was assisting them. The Mozambican has been named as Zachariah Alberto. Now, the three were arrested in Tanzania on Friday night. Besta and Makudumana have been on the run since his escape became public last month. Now, it's believed that he he had died in a fire at the Mangawung prison in Bloemfontein, but it's, he escaped in May last year. Justice Minister Ronald Lamula confirming that officials from security company G4S are implicated in this particular escape. And let's look at this development now with Professor Kulufelo Rakubu, acting head in the Department of Safety and Security Management at the Tswane University of Technology. Good morning to you, Prof. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's just start with your reaction to the latest news of these two arrests. Um, It's a start in the right direction, but I guess it's due to the media attention and, and, and the price South Africa has to pay because this is not the first time where fugitives or um, high-ranked criminals uh, left the country. And uh, I guess with this one, the talks will shift to um, what made it easier, uh, how possible or how easy is it, is it from to leave South Africa unchanged to another country. Because now, obviously, much, much role has been played by um, borders who assisted in this regard. Mm-hmm. And we all think the... That the, 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 this level of crime is very deeper than we we thought. It's 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 intensely well organized. We thought it's only organized in South Africa, but they just showed us that no, it's deeper than that. This is a syndicate. It's clear these two could not have done it alone. And what compromise or what makes our borders vulnerable? Obviously, they they they, they pass through and they paid someone. Then we're going to tap into administrative monopoly and discretionary powers that some of our borders and customs officials have where they have to take particular decision and let certain people pass without even stamping their their, their, their passport because our uh, the, the, the fugitive dates found with what unstamped mm. um, yeah, document. So now we're tapping into administrative monopoly that, okay, there's a boss who received instruction from a particular boss that, okay, let these two pass. And again, issues of salaries and working conditions. Now they took vulnerable, they assessed the level of vulnerability of workers at those borders. So that will always make it easier that people like the Guptas or your Bushir or whoever, as long as they have financial muscles, they're going to tap into those vulnerability elements and will get their way out. So when you want to leave South Africa, you must be having money. And yeah. also, these borders and customs officials, they, they have so much pressure from organized crime syndicates. As much as their mandate is to control or prevent crime, their activities always involve uh, organized crime syndicate that do not hesitate to resort to bribery, violence, intimidation. If you don't do this, I'm going to kill your family and so forth. So there's so much going on. So yeah. for them to leave the country and be found in Tanzania, all these aspects have played a major role. Someone got paid, someone received instructions, just like in South Africa, for Tabo to leave prison, somebody got paid. There was instruction, there was intimidation, and so forth. So this has a gonna roll, but 
level of protection. I was even wondering whether we will find them alive because their escape, their crime implicates many, many people. And Prof, I'm going to get to to that part in just a moment. But when we talk, I mean, I'm listening to you talk about, you know, our borders and and, and we've been talking about our porous borders for quite some time now. So this multidisciplinary approach, it doesn't seem to be working if I'm listening to what you're saying. But let's take it a step back and look at our country and the correctional service system. How much damage has been done by this particular case on our image? Damage. One, privatization does not deal with corruption. South African used to think, oh no, uh, only uh, government institutions are highly corrupt, not knowing that even the privatized ones are highly corrupt. What we learned from this one, money buys you way out. The, our correctional services, it is time to review its functionality systems and structures. Because I think as South Africa, we forgot keep an eye on the keeper. The keeper forgot to do what it's supposed to do. We are highly vulnerable. And the, the, the issue of integrity, the world is looking at us differently. However, the cat is out of the bag. Because with what, is, what has happened, many, many have has happened like this. It's just that they never received media attention. They are individuals that we believe are dead or are in prison, of which they are living their best life. Even in South Africa, in France, and they are doing fine. And the level of vulnerability as a victim, the fact that one is sent to prison does not necessarily mean you are safe. All right, Prof, uh, thank you so much for that. As you talk about some serious issues there and looking internally and, you know, into the system and what it means. And, I, and, and, and one can only hope that the officials, as they're reviewing this 25-year contract, they're taking all of this into account at the same time, looking at our borders and seeing some of the vulnerability areas there. That was uh, Professor Kulufelo Rakubu, acting head in the Department of Safety and Security Management at the Tswane University of Technology.